your relationship with the audience has a profound impact on how effective you are. And a huge part of your effectiveness comes not just from how perfect you are in your communication, but from the prior relationship that you have with the audience. Because the problem with aiming for perfection is not only is it impossible to attain and super stressful, but perfection does not equal effectiveness. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Jess, the host and creator of the Art of Speaking Up podcast. I am a career coach for women. So in addition to doing this podcast, which is pretty much my full-time job, I support women through my one-on-one coaching and through my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy. And my mission, the work that I do on this podcast and with my clients is to help women build the inner confidence that they need to have a really powerful voice at work, to have a massive impact, and to rise up and ultimately thrive in leadership roles. The reason that I do this work is because I had a career in the corporate space and I was very ambitious and I wanted to climb the ladder and be a leader and accomplish really big, exciting things. But I really struggled with self-confidence. I struggled to believe in myself. I struggled to find my voice. And I went on this long journey of learning to express myself, learning to trust that I had the skills, that I had the capabilities, that I could really accomplish anything that I set my mind to. And as a result of me committing to my own growth and really working through the imposter syndrome, working through the fears, working through the struggles, I was able to build a career that I was super proud of, that I really loved in the corporate space. But I got to a point where I realized that there was something missing, that there wasn't really any good professional development source of information out there that was supporting women in a transparent, in a real, in a super deep way. And that's why I started my podcast, because I wanted to have conversations about the things that I was struggling with in my corporate career that I wasn't hearing anyone talk about. And that's really how this show has come to life. And I'm so honored that you're here If you're newer to the show, I'm glad that you found it. If you've been listening for a while, thank you for sticking around. And if you know someone who would benefit from this show, please continue to share it. The show is spreading and growing because of you. You're sharing it with your friends. You're sharing it with your coworkers. And the word is getting out. So thank you so much. I am so excited about today's episode because we are talking about a topic that I absolutely love, and that is the topic of being super compelling 
when you're communicating to an audience. And one thing that I've been trying to really do a lot of recently on this show and that I hope is starting to get across is I really want to help you break out of perfectionist habits when it comes to your communication. Because what I see a lot of with my clients when they first start working with me and when they first enter into the Art of Speaking Up Academy is that they have a lot of perfectionist beliefs and tendencies that they are then trying to use to find their voice, right? So they have this perfectionist view of who they need to be and how they need to be, and they don't allow room for mistakes, and they're trying to dot every single I and cross every single T and be perfect and feel amazing all of the time. And they bring that same lens to their journey of finding their voice. And they think, for me to have an impactful voice, for me to really feel confident and exude confidence when I'm communicating at work, I have to attain perfection. And I know it can feel really true that the more perfect you are, the more effective your communication is, but that's actually untrue. And what I'm sharing with you in today's episode is going to help prove that to you. Because the problem with aiming for perfection is not only is it impossible to attain and super stressful, but perfection does not equal effectiveness. And I think in our minds, it is so easy for us to assume that it does equal effectiveness and that if something is perfect, it must be better. And what drives me bananas, and I do this too, we all fall into this, but what drives me bananas is that sometimes when you're trying to get it perfect, you're actually missing the opportunity for it to be more effective. So this quest for perfection results in something that isn't even as powerful. So that's why I'm excited to share this with you because I want to help you find your voice in a way that feels liberating. I don't want it to feel like for you to be confident and powerful and have this bold voice at work, you have to squeeze yourself into something that you're not and it has to feel really unpleasant and inauthentic. I want it to be the opposite where you realize that you can let go of the pressure and actually find an effective voice by just bringing more of yourself into the room, into the workplace. And that's what today is all about. So I am going to get us kicked off with an analogy for today's learning and today's episode because that is the absolute best way to learn what I'm teaching you today. So I want you to think of a band or a music artist that you love that you would be so excited to go see perform live. I want you to either write down the name of that artist or the name of that band, or if you don't have a piece of paper in front of you, just write it down in your mind. And I also want you to imagine that your birthday is coming up and one of your best friends has reached out to you and said, hey, for your birthday, I got us surprise concert tickets. I'm not going to tell you who we're going to see, but I want you to save this day on your calendar. I'm going to take you to this concert. I got us first row tickets and you are feeling so excited. You are filled with glee inside. You can't wait. And of course, you know it's supposed to be a surprise, but you're thinking that your friend might have gotten you tickets for that favorite band or favorite music artist of yours. So you are feeling super pumped. You put on a very cute outfit. You go and meet your friend. You head over to the concert venue together. You get there and you realize <laughs> to your dismay that the band that you're going to see is a band 
that you have never heard of. And your friend is very excited about this band. And she says to you, I've been listening to them. They're so amazing. I am so excited for you to experience them because their music is changing my life. We're going to be in the first row. You are going to love this. And you get to the venue and you are in the first row. You've never been in the first row of a concert before. You're kind of bummed because you're wishing that it was a band that you knew. But the concert starts, and I want you to imagine that the production value of this concert is perfect. The sound system, perfect. The lighting, perfect. The theatrics, perfect. Everything about it is so well thought out. It's so well curated. The band hits every single note perfectly. Every song is played to perfection. All of the effects and the backup dancers and all of the things are just on point. It is a perfect show. And then you get out of the concert. It ends. Your friend is all excited. You're kind of pretending like you loved it because you don't want to disappoint your friend. And you get home and you feel kind of disappointed. You feel kind of like you didn't have as great an experience as your friend had. Now, the reason that I'm sharing this as an analogy is because when you go to a concert, it doesn't matter if the band plays perfectly and the venue is perfect and you have perfect seats. None of that matters if you don't like the band and if you don't feel a connection with the band and if you're not a fan of their music. So literally everything about that concert was perfect, right? But did it matter? No, it didn't matter because you're not a fan of that particular artist, that particular band. Now, I want us to think about the reverse of this, right? I want you to imagine that you go to a concert of a musician that you love. And I want you to imagine that a lot of things about that experience are imperfect. Maybe your seats are imperfect. Maybe you're all the way up in the nosebleed section. Maybe the venue is imperfect and the effects are imperfect and the lighting is imperfect. Maybe the band or the artist that you love is not performing the songs perfectly. Maybe some of the notes aren't hit correctly. Maybe something's a little off tune. Maybe the pacing of one of their songs is feeling off. You could go to a concert that is highly imperfect and as an audience member, you can actually end up having a really good, really enjoyable, really positive experience. Because the way that you experience the band is actually not driven by how perfect the performance is and how perfect everything is. If that were true, then you would have had such an amazing time going to see that random band that your friend took you to see, but you didn't have such a great time, even though the show was perfect. Likewise, if perfection was really the thing that drives the experience of the audience, then if you go to see someone, you know, a band that you love, that you're obsessed with, and the show is imperfect, it would be impossible for you to enjoy. And yet we go to concerts all the time to go see artists that we like, and we're willing to endure a lot of imperfect conditions, right? Like maybe we're willing to go to an outdoor performance where the sun is blaring down on us and it's super hot, right? And it's hard to find a bathroom and we're physically uncomfortable. And we the sound system isn't even great because it's outdoors, but we can still have the most amazing time because it's not about the fact that the songs and the music and the venue is perfect. It's about your relationship 
with the musician. And your relationship with the musician is actually often more powerful than whether or not the performance itself is perfect. Now, of course, if you love the musician, you love the band, and they put on an amazing, perfect show, that's going to be a really special experience for you. But what I want you to understand is that when you don't have a relationship with the band, it doesn't matter how good the show is. It doesn't matter how perfect each of the songs are. You are not going to have a super positive experience because you're not a fan. Okay, here's why this analogy matters so much for you and your career and your ability to influence stakeholders and be compelling when you speak and be super effective when you're sharing your work and leading meetings and leading projects and leading rooms of people. The reason why this matters is because in a way, you are playing the role of a musician. So let's just imagine that you're a musician. For you as a musician, there's going to be a huge difference between playing for a venue filled with raving fans of yours who are obsessed with you versus playing for a venue filled with people who have not heard of you and are not fans of your music. You are going to have a wildly different experience for the same reason that I mentioned before, which is that the audience's experience of your music is going to be highly influenced by how much of a fan they are and highly influenced by their prior relationship with you. So as a musician, playing to a stadium or theater full of fans is going to be much easier for you. It's going to be easier for you to get a very strong reception from the audience versus a theater of people who don't know you. And your audience, your fans, they have such affinity for you that they're actually going to be forgiving of you if something is imperfect, if you make a mistake, because they have that history with you, right? Like they're fans of your music. Likewise, if you're playing to a stadium full of people who don't know who you are, it's not going to matter how good you perform the songs. They don't know the songs, right? And so your relationship with the audience has a profound impact on how effective you are. And a huge part of your effectiveness comes not just from how perfect you are in your communication, but from the prior relationship that you have with the audience. And it's the same exact way at work. Of course, you want your communication to be crisp. You want it to be clear. You want it to be polished. You want it to be persuasive. You want it to be influential. You want it to be compelling. You want it to be relevant. You want it to be all of those things for your audience. However, if you don't have a strong relationship with your audience prior to bringing that amazing content and that amazing meeting agenda in, it's not going to be easy for you. It's going to be very hard for you to be super compelling because your audience at work function a lot like fans as if you're a musician. And if there's no prior fandom that exists, then you can come in with the most perfect proposal. 
but it's not going to have the impact that you're hoping for. It's going to fall flat. And you might have experienced this. If you've tried to really prepare something and have it be perfect and you did everything right, but you went in and you didn't have the impact you wanted on your audience, or you're still not gaining the traction you want to gain in your organization. You feel like you're still not making the impression and impact you want to make, even though you're working on these things. It could be because you're fine-tuning your music, but you're playing to a stadium full of people who aren't fans. And this is why relationship building is such an important and unskippable process of becoming an effective communicator. And here's why. When you communicate effectively, the result that you're wanting is you want your audience to support you. You want them to be on board with what you're sharing. You want them to help you get traction. You want them to approve the direction that you're going in, right? So at its core, it's not just that you're communicating, you're leading because you're trying to have an impact on your audience. Just like a music artist isn't there to just play the music, they're there to play the music so that their fans at the concert are feeling inspired and electric and they're dancing and it's exciting, right? Like they're wanting to have that deeper impact on their fans. Likewise, when you're communicating, it's not just about getting the information across. If it was, this would all be really simple, right? But it's actually about getting people to buy in, getting people to respect you, getting people to see you as an authority, getting people to agree with something you're proposing. Those are deeper objectives that require you to go beyond just crisp, polished communication and that actually require you to go into leadership, which means that you are building powerful relationships with your stakeholders. And as a result, you're able to have a much stronger impact on them when you do communicate. Now, this isn't to say that you don't want your communication to be polished, but it is to say that if you put all your energy into polishing your communication and into getting it perfect, it's not going to get you the result that you want, and you are better off putting some energy into polishing your communication and then putting the remainder of your energy into leadership. I want you to think of leadership as being like a musician who cultivates a really special relationship with their fans. And that's what you are doing. So in addition to working on your music and making sure the tracks are great, you have to make sure that you're building a fan base so that when it comes time for you to play a concert, you can play it to a room full of people who are already bought into what you're doing. And this is why leadership and communication go hand in hand. Because communication without leadership, that is like playing to a stadium full of people who have never heard of your music. So in a work setting, that is having the perfect project, the perfect PowerPoint presentation, the perfect ask, and people still aren't seeing you as a leader. They're still not buying in. They still don't seem to care as much as they care about other things. If that's the case, it means you're over-indexing on the communication side and under-indexing on leadership. 
So if you want to reverse that and start to undo that pattern, you have to put equal focus on the leadership side and see that as being side by side equally as important as the communication skills. So what this means is it's not just your job to do good work and to share that work in a clear, crisp, compelling way, but it's actually also your job to build fans of your music. And what I have found that works the best in order to do this is to genuinely care about your stakeholders and genuinely care about the people who are going to be recipients of your work. So unlike building music fans, I feel like there's a little bit of like a worship dynamic where music fans will often like worship the artist or worship the band. It's a little bit different in a workplace. You don't need to become some rock star goddess that people worship. Although if you want to, go you. But actually what's much more effective in a corporate setting, in a professional setting, is for you to become deeply interested in your stakeholders, for you to show interest in them and their work, and for you to treat relationship building with your stakeholders as a full-time part of your job. Not full-time in the sense that you're doing that 40 hours a week or however many hours a week you work, but full-time in the sense that it's always part of what you do to deepen and maintain relationships. This is a huge mindset shift because at an individual contributor, and even as you get into middle management, this isn't something that you have to do as much. So often you get into a habit of like, I'm here to do good work. I'm here to share my good work with you in a really crisp, clear, polished way. The problem is, as you advance in your career and as you get into bigger roles, that mentality is no longer effective because you're doing much less execution and now you're leading, which means the work that you're doing and the value that you bring to the organization doesn't come from you cranking out like perfect work and having perfect communication. It actually comes from you being able to accomplish things cross-functionally across the organization, being able to do complex things that require other teams to be bought in and that require a heavy amount of cross-functional like interdependence and collaboration. And you can't get good at that unless you build really solid relationships. And so as you get higher in the organization, I want you to think about that your work becomes more interdependent, more like woven into the web of the organization and therefore it becomes much more important for you when you're having conversations, when you're having meetings, it becomes much more important for you to ensure that you are speaking to a room full of fans because you are going to be making bigger asks things are going to be harder. The things you're doing are going to be more demanding across the organization. And so if you want people bought in and you really want people to be supporting what you're doing, cheering you on, loving your concert, loving your music, you're going to have to have really solid relationships with them. And what I recommend you do, and this is an exercise that I also do with my students inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, I recommend you make a list of all of the stakeholders who are impacted by your work. And I want you to reach out. You don't have to do this all at once, but I do suggest that you do this over the next 30 to 60 days. I want you to reach out to every single person on that list. And by the way, that list also has to include people 
that are more senior than you in title. So this isn't just the people that it feels comfortable to reach out to. This is everyone, right? But I want you to reach out to everyone on that list and have a catch-up conversation with them. And what you want to understand in that conversation is what is important to them, what are some of the big roadblocks that they are currently working through, and where do they see big opportunities between their team and your team. You need to understand where their head is at, and you need to treat those conversations and that relationship building as a regular part of your job, especially if you want to move into executive roles or if you're in an executive role or you're in process of pursuing an executive role, you have to be doing this because this is the type of work and the level of work that you're going to be doing in executive leadership. It's going to be less about cranking out the picture-perfect meeting agenda, and it's going to be more about having a theater full of fans who are eager to support you and your work. And here's what I will do so that you can do this exercise because it is so powerful. It is so important. And if you're one of those people who's like, I want to have a better career path, I want to get promoted, but I don't want to work a zillion hours. How do I build the career I want without having to overwork and go nuts taking on all of this extra stuff? This is one of the ways you do it. You shift your mindset and your focus from I'm here to produce output to I'm here to build deep and lasting relationships. So if that's something that you're trying to figure out, this, what I'm sharing with you, is an answer to that question, is an answer to the problem of how do I grow and how do I elevate without just doing more and more and more work. The way that you do that is instead of being an artist who writes more music and more songs and better songs, you become an artist who has a fan base who loves you, who will show up to your concerts all the time and who are happy happy for you to just play the songs that they love, right? Versus you having to always be on the hamster wheel cranking out new things, right? And so it's a similar dynamic in the professional space where your influence and your impact isn't going to come from doing more going to come from deeper relationships because deeper relationships support you in executing things at a higher level of complexity. So because this is so important, because it's an unskippable step of rising up into bigger roles, I'm going to give you the same assignment that I give to my clients inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. I have a worksheet where I have them write down the names of every stakeholder that is impacted by their work. Then there's a short list of questions that I suggest that they ask each stakeholder in a one-on-one -on -one informal 30-minute catch-up chat. And there's a place to write down everything that they learn about that stakeholder as they build out and develop that relationship. And that exercise is part of the official Art of Speaking Up Academy workbook. So when you join the Art of Speaking Up Academy, you get a lot of different things. One of the things you get is a workbook. And inside the workbook, that is where I have that assignment. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pull that out of the workbook and give it to you and give it to everyone 
so that you can do this exercise because I really want to push you to take action. I want to push you to do hard, uncomfortable things because those hard, uncomfortable things are going to make you feel like a powerful leader. They're going to make you feel like the head of the band who's playing to a room full of cheering fans. You're going to feel so proud of yourself. You're going to feel so accomplished and it's going to be worth it. And that's why I want to get you to do this. And and not only because it's going to feel good, but also because it's literally going to change your career and help you approach the work you do from a different angle and less from an angle of like, I have to communicate perfectly and do all this work and more from an angle of I'm here to build relationships and I'm here to lead. If you want to get that worksheet that is pulled straight out of the official Art of Speaking Up Academy workbook, that workbook, again, is typically only available to my clients in the Art of Speaking Up Academy, you can access that inside the free resource library. The free resource library is where I house all of my free eBooks and video courses and worksheets. You can get it and get access to it at justguzzitcoaching.com slash free resources. Find the free resource library, sign up and go to the worksheets section. And that is where you will find this. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I really hope that you take action. I hope that this inspired you and fired you up to get out there and start deepening and building those relationships. And if you're realizing that you need to be deepening your leadership so that your communication is more effective, then you should definitely come join me in the Art of Speaking Up Academy because I'm going to help you become an effective communicator in a way that's actually going to drive impact and help you advance in your career. Yes, I'm going to teach you the skills you need to know to make sure that your communication is polished and crisp and highly effective to make sure you know executive communication and you know what that looks like. But even more importantly, I'm going to help you operate as a leader because effective communication comes from you having the confidence, the skills, and the mindset of a leader. When you have those things, you are far more effective. And all those wonderful communication skills that you're building finally have a chance to land and have that bigger impact on your audience because people are seeing you as a leader, they're seeing you as an authority, and they're no longer seeing you just as like the person that works super, super hard and is there to respond to all of their requests and all of the things that they need. We want to help you move out of that mentality and out of that reputation and into the reputation of a powerful, effective leader. And that is the angle that I take inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. I'm helping you communicate, speak, and feel like a leader. If you are ready to experience that inner evolution and all of the confidence and career success that comes with it, I invite you to add yourself to the wait list so that you are first to find out when I open the next cohort of the Art of Speaking Up Academy. Do not miss the opportunity to add yourself to the waitlist because last time I opened doors for the Art of Speaking Up Academy, I opened doors for the summer cohort. There were so many people on the waitlist that the cohort filled up before I had a chance to even announce that that cohort was open more broadly. So if you want to make sure that you have first access to the academy and that you are very likely to get in and get a spot, 
add yourself to the waitlist at jessicasatcoaching.com slash academy. You will be first to find out when doors open. And inside that program, I'm going to help you develop that effective voice from the inside out. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is such an honor to have you listening and I will catch you in next week's episode. Bye.